0: We wanted to do something different. The industry really appealed to us, mm-hmm. it, you know, it's very young, it's very energetic, um, it's also fun to create something and put so much time and patience into something and have it come out. It was, um, you know, the thought of that, I think, was really rewarding.
1: Is cam Ferminka, one of the co-founders of Willibald, a gin distillery out in air. And I'm Beth Bowles, your host for this episode of TCE Radio. Since their opening in April 2017, Willibald has been making their mark in Waterloo Region. You've probably seen their bright yellow branded Volkswagen around town, it's pretty hard to miss, or maybe you ran into cam at a community event like the Arabella pop-up on Ontario Street two weeks ago or even at Steel rails. Needless to say, their visibility in the community is worthy of praise, but they aren't stopping there. I met up with Cam last week to discuss the future of Willibald and a new project that is set to launch within the next few weeks. But before we get to that, I asked Cam why he and the other two founders, Nolan and Jordan, decided to make gin opposed to other spirits.
0: Um, Like I said, we don't drink vodka, so we weren't going to make that. Uh, we kind of have the philosophy that we were only going to make things that we would actually want to drink. So vodka's out. Um, we don't grow sugar cane or any kind of like, major sugar sub- substrate here outside of sugar beet, so rum was out. Um, yeah, um, when it came down to it, gin was the only thing really left um, that we thought had a lot of potential. Gin is just juniper-flavored vodka. But outside of juniper, you can have whatever you want. So the possibilities are women. Um, knowing that we loved oak aging and oak aged products um gin oh, aging a gin seemed like a really cool opportunity it wasn't really being done really at, at all in canada i mean there are a couple of distilleries across canada that are doing it but not many um we're definitely the only one i know of that opened with an aged gin off the bat and mm-hmm. as their only product um again just like something unique something that had complexity i come from a bartending background. and i saw a lot of benefit in having a gin that you could use in most of the traditional ways that you would use a gin but having that age component to use it now in cocktails that would typically require an aged component that a normal gin would or an unaged gin would uh, not be ideal for Um, and unaged whiskey obviously doesn't fill that void so it's like aging the gin we felt was almost like two birds with one stone it was almost like creating two products in one and it gave us the opportunity to create a really unique product it gave us the opportunity to create a product that's very versatile in the cocktail world and then also taking pressure off us from really needing to create something super like super quickly after it gave us time to hone in what we wanted to do next and chip away at it.
1: The guys at Willibald have already proven that they're good at producing gin, but they've also proven that they will never just do the bare minimum. Having been open now for a year and a half, Cam and his partners have big plans for the distillery and will be executing a new project in just a few weeks.
0: We always knew that that was a huge thing. If we can create a reason to get people out here and have them experience it, we could really get people on board with what we're trying to do. So knowing that, uh, we wanted to create more reason for people to come out here. And one of the ways that we felt um, the best I emphasize of the farm was to build a restaurant out here, um, you know, um, farm to table type stuff where you're doing as much as you can on the farm and really drawing on the agricultural nature of this business. It gives us the opportunity as well to showcase our products and our spirits the way we envision them. Mm-hmm. Not to say that that's the right way or the wrong way. It's just how we envisioned it and envision them being represented. So there were a lot of upsides, you know. It's essentially, I mean... Distilling has always been an agricultural process. People classify now as industrial, but realistically, all my input for it are agricultural.
1: You can catch my full story about Willibald and the new restaurant in the September issue of the Community Edition, which will be coming out on September 5th. But until then, the August issue is still available up and down King Street. Now, we're gonna switch things up. here today with one of our volunteer writers Cameron Clapwick. Uh, Cameron is the author of The Side Hustle which is a new column that we introduced in January. So we're going to talk a little bit about side hustles and what Cameron's been doing with the column. How's it going Cameron?
2: It's going great thanks for having me.
1: Yeah no problem thanks for coming down despite the heat. It's as we've said before it's uncomfortably warm (laughs) in our studio yet again the same as last month but I mean fall's coming so hopefully we get out of we get out of this. Um. So, Cameron, you've been writing for the Community Edition since January, mm-hmm. um, which is when I met you. I think I met you before then, probably in like December. Probably
2: December, yes. Yeah.
1: Um, so why did, you reached out to me to write, mm-hmm. which was super cool, because usually it's me begging people to write for the paper. Um, why did you reach out?
2: To be honest, um, I had been looking for some sort of um, accountability mechanism to get me back into writing. Um, I had written a fair amount during university, both academic and personally, not necessarily for like the local student paper or anything like that, but then kind of had fallen out of that. Um, writing became something I associated more with the work I was doing than something I actually found life-giving and enjoyable. So um, that's the main reason I reached out about writing a column um, in general. And then specifically, um, there were a number of different ideas I was bouncing around in my head at that point. Mm-hmm. So.
1: Yeah, I think when we met, um, you definitely we had talked about what you were interested in writing, and you said that it was very like um, human centered, mm-hmm. focused on like highlighting specific people in the region, um, which obviously I'm always I'm always down for. That's what I love to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but when we actually met, it was it was a really good kind of brainstorming session to kind of narrow down a, like a vague broad idea that you had to kind of like pinpoint and see exactly what we were going to do with this. Um, so the concept of the side hustle was something that uh, I, I believe it was my publisher, Lincoln Barton, mm-hmm. um, who had mentioned it to me earlier. I think it was definitely a concept that existed before I came into this role. Um, and I thought that you were a really perfect fit, given what you were interested in, to write about people doing side hustles. So do you want to tell our listeners what a side hustle is?
2: Sure. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, a side hustle is generally anything you do um, that you you know that you're passionate about that you do outside of your regular job um, for some people that's definitely an income generating um, thing for others it doesn't necessarily generate a lot of income right now but it could be something they're working towards. Um, I've interviewed people who have side hustles that generate them significant amounts of income and I have other people who are just doing things they're passionate about with the hopes of you know, maybe five, ten years down the road of finding some sort of second career so
1: yeah yeah so you've interviewed um you've written five installations of the slide puzzle Mm -hmm. since january and they've all been super popular they've done really well i've really enjoyed reading them um but i think like the diversity in your subjects that you choose to include um is definitely worth noting Mm -hmm. um I mean you've interviewed Bashar Jabour who's a writer and then you've also interviewed someone like Jade Billow yes. who's actually like fully making money off of her side hustle right now mm-hmm. um, so yeah I think I think it's been really great um, and that you haven't really been repeating anything which is really awesome how do you find your subjects that you're gonna write about
2: you know it's interesting it's not even that difficult to find people anymore I think Given that we live in the age of social media, um, it's quite easy for people who are looking to launch their own endeavors to self-promote, and then it's quite easy for people like me with the right keyword searches to identify and locate. But a lot of them have just been through um, connections in the community, and I think that will be con- continue to be the way I find people, is just through referrals. Yeah. Um, I met. I think I met Lacey Heels just at a networking event through somebody else I met um, through Facebook. Mm -hmm. Um, Brienne, I just randomly stumbled upon her her, um, flower petal account on Facebook one day. Bashar I knew through a friend from a party a few years ago. Um, And then once you get chatting with people, I think their side hustle generally comes up pretty prominently in conversation because it's a thing that gives them know the most life um and so i'm not too concerned about you know how i'm gonna continue finding people i think it's quite obvious that there's a whole host of fascinating people doing interesting things and i think it's particularly common for people to be pursuing um, a side hustle these days Uh, both because it's essential to do that in order to keep up with rising costs of living but also because i think there's something about um I don't like using generational labels, but millennials, generation Zs, I think there's something about those generations um, in terms of wanting to find work that delivers some sense of meaning or purpose to their life. Mm -hmm. Um, But the reality is that not every nine to five job inherently has that much level of meaning to it. And so for a lot of people, the side hustle itself is the place that they go and find that meaning or for some people they're sitting in an office all day but they want to get outside um, and do something active or they want to be in a yoga studio or they want to be in you know the the art studio um, painting or they want to be baking or doing something that you know maybe as a ER nurse as um, Brienne is they don't they don't get to do so for some people it's just having their entire skill set represented in uh, the course of their day
1: yeah I think, um, so the story that you wrote for um, the August issue, which is out right now, I almost forgot what month it was. I was like, what?
2: Yeah. Is <laughs> uh. um,
1: Summer's almost gone. Yeah, I know. Uh, so the column that you just put out about Brienne and mm-hmm. flower petal, um, that one was, I found that one really interesting because she's a nurse, which is mm-hmm. labeled as being like one of the busiest jobs that anyone can have, but then she's also baking these like phenomenal cakes that are so beautiful. And I was just reading that column, and I'm like, how is she doing Mm -hmm. all of this? So I think that, like, using that one specifically as an example, it kind of, like, opens your eyes up to, like, a world of possibilities outside of the job that you might have.
2: Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's definitely, like, it definitely makes me think about, like, what other things could I be doing?
2: (laughs) I know. It's simultaneously inspiring, but also sometimes defeating, because you meet these individuals. And I think Jade fits in the same category of people who are just doing so much. I mean, you know, Brienne's on her feet uh, for 10 or 12 hour shifts and then she comes home and she, you know, her passion is to make these super detailed, um, gorgeous cakes. Or Jade Bellow with her yoga studio, when she started up, she was working a 40 hour a week job and then in every spare moment, so from 6.30 to 8.30 before work, over her lunch hour and then after work, she'd be in class. doing sessions or she'd be in the uh, space that she had rented out doing renovations and so she was working 80, 90, 100 hours a week. Um, It worked for her. I mean, I think what I've learned is there's no formula, right? For some folks, doing 80 hours, 90 hours a week isn't going to produce the same sort of burnout that it definitely would for me. So um, that's what sort of lets me let go of some of the the jealousy or the, uh, the frustration I have because I think you look at a person like that and you wonder well you know where's my side hustle or what am i doing mm-hmm. but um some people it's it's something much smaller like it's not something that consumes quite as much of their um time outside of their nine to five so
1: yeah i think like when you started uh, the column in january with lacy heels mm-hmm. um i think that 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 first one was it was a really good start. It was a really good introduction to the column because I think that what Lacey's doing, um, focusing specifically on makers, mm-hmm. is kind of the stereotypical picture that people have of a side hustle. Is someone's making something or somebody's doing something. Um, and then you kind of you kind of expanded it now into mm-hmm. we're looking at several different things, uh, Bashar being a really good example of right. somebody who works in the tech industry mm-hmm. but then has a very arts focused passion. For those of you who don't know, um, Bashar is involved in KW Poetry Slam, That's right. um, in his spare time and is working on a book. Uh, so I think, I think it's definitely taking on so many different shapes and forms.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's absolutely true. I, um, sometimes I wonder, um, whether or not, uh, I'll keep finding new individuals to interview. Um, but then somebody else pops onto my, my radar. Um, so somebody that's been on my radar recently is Laura Hart and she does something called style coaching. So she meets up with people and she advises them um, on their wardrobe. She helps pair down and she helps you know, people with hoarding tendencies ensure that they're really only keeping things that they need. And that's something completely unique that I'd never heard of before. Yeah. Um, and that's what I'm really hoping with the column is that, uh, it can focus on a real diversity of people. So Lacey was a fantastic start. Um, I think makers generally, especially artists are people that we think of as just having to work really hard to, um, earn a living and make it work. Um, because I mean, I personally think that art is not valued enough and oftentimes the people that. The things that people do as side hustles are things that um, they really have to work hard to convince people that there's a lot of value in what they're doing. Absolutely. And I think that's something that I really appreciate about um, doing in this column is showing people how much work it does take to do what these folks are doing. Um, just how much time Bashar puts into his poetry just how much time Brienne puts into crafting her cakes because mm-hmm. um, I think there's uh, there might be a misconception sometimes about how quickly you go from um, you know start to finish with a project like that yeah. but, you know, to learn about the person behind it too and I think that's also part of uh, our emergent conscious consumer culture is that People want to know the stories behind the brands. They want to know the individuals behind the products, um, and I think that's I think it's really important for people to know um, those stories. And they they're wanting to pay a bit more for a product um, if they understand that it's made by somebody that really put some serious TLC into what they're doing and who's really concerned about. Um, supporting the local economy
1: mm-hmm. yeah i think for sure i think it's really important to you as a community that we recognize those people i'm definitely a huge advocate for supporting local mm-hmm. shopping local um but i think i think our community does do a pretty good job at doing that like someone sure. like this the second person that you uh profiled in the side hustle uh Gladine brown who yes. runs culture fancier um she was shortlisted last year for uh best local writer in. Mm. um the community edition's uh, best of
2: broadly uh, right. really the region.
1: So, I mean, we're seeing things like that and now she's, I I keep on seeing her on Twitter now mm-hmm. being like, let's get shortlisted again, which is so great that like we've opened that channel of communication mm-hmm. where uh, she's taking part in an initiative that we're doing and it can hopefully help everybody out in the end. Um, but yeah, that, it's one of the things that I've always loved about KW is that everyone is willing to buy the t-shirt, everyone's willing to buy the ticket and help each other out, go to the gallery openings and and all of that stuff and I think that those are things that we need to put on a pedestal Mm -hmm. more which is one of the reasons why I love this column why I wanted uh, why I wanted to run it and why I thought that you were the perfect perfect person to run it Um, I've met some of the people I haven't met everybody but some of the people that you have interviewed um, and they all have such good things to say about you like oh mm. I met I met Cameron at a, at a party a couple months ago and okay. he reached out and like I think you as a person too you're just very well connected and you have a fairly diverse social circle which is working in your benefit for, for writing the column I think
2: yeah and I I genuinely do care about people's stories like I'm fascinated by people and I'm fascinated by where they end up mm-hmm. um, one of the reasons I was really interested in writing the column is because I had um, considered my own career shift or wanted to start my own little side hustle and was thinking about doing career coaching itself, Um, I'm fascinated by how people end up doing what they do um, and the trajectories that they follow. Some Mm -hmm. people end up doing things that they never planned on doing. Other people are super intentional and new since the age of six. And so I I just love sitting down with people. and now it's nice to be on the other end and having somebody yeah. ask me the questions.
1: Yeah, you do have exceptional conversation skills. Like, from the first time I met you, I was like, wow, what? a he's such a great conversationalist. Like, I feel like you always have something to say, always something to contribute, which is a, another reason why I was really happy to have you on board to write the column, because I knew it was going to be good, good work.
2: Yeah, and it's definitely different. Like, I actually do a lot of interviews in my own job as well. Mm-hmm. But in that context, I'm interviewing um Newly arrived uh, Canadians, so sponsored refugees that are that have been in Canada for three, four, or five months. And oftentimes in those interviews, there are um, language barriers, there's interpreters, um, and there's other dynamics like that at play that make it a bit more challenging to get a, um, a solid interview and um, those choice sound bites that you need to construct mm-hmm. a compelling article. So, um, it was a nice transition to be able to sit down and do interviews with folks and pretty much just have columns almost laid out mm-hmm. for me um, because all the folks that I've interviewed, every single one of them have just had really interesting stories and have just been pretty articulate people and that yeah. really helps when you're um, constructing something that is not necessarily supposed to be put together by me, it's a representation of whoever the person on the other side of the table is
1: Mm -hmm. so you kind of alluded previously to like your own personal side hustle with uh, career coaching or transition coaching Mm -hmm. Um, so the first time I met you you had told me about this that it was something that you wanted to dip your feet into and I had never heard of transition coaching I didn't know it was a thing Um, so do you want to tell everyone who's listening what that's all
2: about sure Um, I think in short Transition Coaching um, is a subset of Career Coaching and it refers to the fact that particularly for people my age and younger, you're going to work in a ton of jobs in your lifetime. And so you're going to have to be constantly um, navigating the job market. You're going to be constantly transitioning, if not necessarily from one type of job to the next, at least from one employer to another and those can be challenging and stressful transitions um, and oftentimes they lead to um, existential crises Mm -hmm. or they just lead to a recognition that cover letters and resumes are just really shitty things to have to put together Um, and so the the hope in starting up um, transition coaching and I've only done a little bit of it so far but it's been really interesting to meet with a, a few folks and walk alongside of them in their journeys Um, The hope is that people really clarify how work is simply one aspect of their life. And they can walk a bit more gracefully through those transitional moments, um, understanding that um, they may not land what they consider to be the perfect job next time around. But people don't work 30, 40 years in the same job. The social contract between employers and employees is dramatically different than it was when my parents Absolutely. first entered the labor market. Yeah, of course. And because of that, I think our mindset has to change too and our expectations have to shift. Mm-hmm. I always tell people the secret to life um, happiness is slow expectations. Mm-hmm. And I don't think you should have super low expectations, <laughs> yeah. but I do think that a lot of unhappiness in life is caused by misguided expectations about what is out there and what is attainable, at least in the immediate term.
1: Yeah, of course. Cool. Yeah. Um, so what is your goal with the column? Or where would you like to see the column, like, in, in a couple of months, moving into the fall?
2: Yeah, one thing I haven't done yet in kind of building, um, a potential future roster of interviewees, is to actually be intentional about um, trying to cover a range of interview subjects Mm -hmm. or a range of types of side hustles so one of my hopes is to sit down and be a bit more intentional about sketching out some possible side hustle areas Mm -hmm. or even just doing a bit of um, scoping research with people who are well connected Mm -hmm. like Lacey Heels Mm -hmm. uh, to say what are the different types of things that people are doing um, and what are the different like, can we create some categories of, of side hustle just to ensure that there is um, an excellent diversity of interviewees being um, covered um, in terms of the format I'm just really in, uh, enjoying um, how things are going I think I've learned a lot about interviewing mm-hmm. um, I've gotten a lot better at um, moving through a person's story in a shorter amount of time. I think the first person I interviewed, we, we talked for like two hours, and you come back to the trans, you know, you, and I think I almost transcribed the whole thing too. Yeah. And like, I am never doing this again. Re- it took I forever. remember
1: that so clearly the first time you wrote oh. because I will be the first one to say that I have a tendency to do that too. Like, if I can get an interview with a subject to be under an hour, like, I'm doing well. Um, I think it's because I like, I like to be very casual in my interviewing style. Like I don't like to be confined to a list of questions mm-hmm. and that's something that I take pride in is how I interview subjects. Um, but I definitely felt for you when you told me you have like two hours worth of content and then you have to go through it, listen to it, transcribe it, pick the parts that you like, which that, that's the part that takes the longest when writing a story. It does. After you have your quotes and after you have the information, lacing them together, uh, that's
2: the easy and I'm such a procrastinator too because I'll do <laughs> the interview and then I'll sit on the content for two weeks yeah. and then I'll forget the yeah. conversation. And so I got to listen to the entire like it's like I got to do the entire interview all over again. Yeah, it's um, I, instead of sitting down right after and jotting down yeah. the three to four major themes and then
1: you and I are very uh, similar with that. Like I have a 40 minute interview. It was 40 minutes. It's not really that long. But a 40 minute interview that I was going to transcribe yesterday and then yesterday just got away from me and i was like oh I'll just do it so you private. still
2: transcribe
1: <laughs> uh did i still transcribe yeah, yeah of course okay i yeah. stopped
2: transcribing completely
1: i don't tran well i don't transcribe it it depends what you okay what you qualify as being transcribing i don't transcribe in full okay yeah um i listen and parts that i like yeah. i don't transcribe that part i know some writers that transcribe what they say
2: wow um,
1: i know like, they're almost like they're typing... Out Even transcribe. though that voice is
2: not entering into the...
1: Yeah.
2: ...column whatsoever.
1: Yeah. Interesting. i like, I mean, I didn't go to school for journalism. Sure. So, secret's out, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't... Oh, every time I hear, like, another writer saying oh, that they transcribe in full, I have, like, a panic attack that I've been doing my entire career wrong. But, you know what, it's... It works for me. If I had the money, I'd <laughs> buy
2: some sort of fancy AI program that would do it for me they but. exist yeah they but like to write websites. a volunteer column it probably is not going to happen But <laughs> this is true <laughs>
1: um, so if people have ideas for uh, for the side hustle um, yes. or if they want to talk to you about transition coaching mm-hmm. how can people get a hold of you
2: they can email me um, although my name is not the easiest to spell it's not um,
1: I've, I've got it down pat now
2: okay Cameron's an easy one okay But clapbook is a bit more challenging. So um, my initials are CK. So remember clapbook starts with Mm -hmm. um, K-L-A-P-W-Y-K. People always put CK at the end. So K-L-A-P-W-Y-K at gmail.com. That's the easiest way. If not, just reach out to Beth and show. Be
1: this in is touch. true. Yeah, I'm pretty easy to get a hold of. My not own. that I want
2: you to be my middle person because people can't spell my last name.
1: <laughs> well, your name is also attached to the, the
2: this is true. column. It's in this print. This is true.
1: Um, so yeah, get a hold of Cameron if you have questions. Um, he's a great person to just chat with. Thanks, Beth. Uh, anytime. <laughs> Do you like how I was talking about you in third person? There, like as if you weren't still. I'm right there. here. Cameron's, yeah. Cameron's great. Um, th- Ego th-
2: being gently stroked.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for coming in and talking to me. Um, and thank you for writing the column. It's been, I look forward to it every time you write it. Uh, right now, the column that is available in print is about Brienne from Flower Petal. It was a great story. So if you're around uptown or downtown, be sure to pick up the print edition of the Community Edition or check it out on communityedition.ca. edition.ca. Um, you're gonna be taking a break for September, but with the call That's from right, prep, I'll be in the woods, yeah, so don't Cameron, try to get a hold
2: of me in the next week or yeah, so.
1: Cameron is going deep into the woods. Hopefully, he comes out in one piece. Um, but moving into the fall, uh, I hope to see more from you, and we'll we'll keep an eye on people doing cool things in the community that deserve to be highlighted.
2: Send them my way. Thank you very much. Awesome,
1: thanks. TCE Radio is a product of the Community Edition, Waterloo Region's independent monthly newspaper. TC Radio is produced by Keir Lucas and is hosted by me, Beth Bowles. Our publisher is Lakin Barton. To listen to more episodes of TC Radio, go to communityedition.ca or check it out on the iTunes app. Thanks for listening.